Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 190. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And Ian. I be here. And he's back, the dumbass himself. Bringing you fresh salt and a pepper. Oh. <laughs> How's everybody <laughs> doing this week? Oh, Mackerel. <laughs> oh, we got anything going on? Nope. I no, I wanted to... Oh, go ahead. you want to go ahead first? No, go ahead. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to um, do a correction because uh, the thing that needs to be corrected is mostly my fault. Uh-oh. A couple episodes ago... Uh, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about um, the flat earthers, and um, I, uh, you know, in my uh, completely not a physicist way, hey, yeah. brought up the question: Would that? I brought up the question: Would that mean that planes wouldn't be able to fly? I, I, I was trying to figure it out, and uh, I think we all kind of agreed. That, yeah, I think that wouldn't work, and um, so kind of just like the blind leading the blind there, but. Um, a viewer pointed out that uh, we were completely wrong on that. Okay. And I did some research, found a page at uh, the University of California uh, talking about gravitation and acceleration. And apparently um, there is no way you'd be able to distinguish. There's no test you can do if you're in a platform that's moving versus uh, just something that's being uh, held down by gravity. There's no test that you can do that would actually differentiate between the two. So basically, gravity. It, as long as gravity exists, it it doesn't matter. Is is that what is that? Right. Yeah. But see, the flat earthers were saying that uh, the reason we feel gravity is because uh, the Earth is uh, accelerating uh, in a direction, and uh, it happens to match uh, the current gravity. Like according to them, they they don't think gravity exists. They think it's just acceleration. Okay. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Right. At which point, why would the wouldn't the planes be left behind once they got up? There, I think is what so how it went. What, what's actually happening here is the the fact that we understand that the body of mass creates the gravitational effect is getting in, in the way of us understanding how these pseudoscientists are operating. Is that what you're getting at? Right. <laughs> the actual physics well, got in the way of the I... bullshit. <laughs> What, I, what I'm getting at is that I'm eating humble pie. I made a mistake, and I <laughs> oh, think well. uh, we all kind of uh, – yeah, I think that's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. It, but, you know, we've got to be honest and upfront about uh, when we get things wrong. Well, but that's the whole right. point, right? I mean that's – yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing is that we didn't have to get and that then, right to understand that what these guys are saying is ridiculous though. Right. <laughs> no, of course yeah. not. So, so yeah. So uh, that's good that we – I mean, yeah, if we, if we got it wrong, you know, fix it. And you know that's what? perfect. I'll blame. I'm going to blame science fiction because um, I know I've read it more than once in a in a science fiction story. Um, I'm saying that uh, acceleration, that gravity, what feels like gravity by acceleration, uh, is supposedly has a. They, they write that it has a different feeling and uh, not exactly the same as real gravity. And uh, and that's probably what led my thinking on that, too, that there must be some difference. But apparently there is no way you can tell a difference in uh, local experiments between gravity and acceleration. Hmm. Okay. I guess that, I guess that makes sense because the, the effect is the same as from our perspective. Well, that's why actually, um, you know, when you have those space shuttles and stuff launching, they talk about how many Gs of right. force is being exerted upon the person. Right. So, 
Yeah, and so a higher G world, you wouldn't, you wouldn't. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but you know that's what they refer to G forces and how fast jets and stuff move. Who pointed that much, out? You know, because I I'm not seeing that email right off hand, so it means that I might have missed it. But do you know who pointed that out? Oh, it was on uh, Facebook. Oh, Ugh, okay. I think G forces really refers more to people dressing up as birds in Japanese cartoons. I, I believe that that's what it really, really involves. All right. Well, that signals it's time to move on. Yep. <laughs> and not to the bonus round. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, um, it is time for the masturbation moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. <laughs> so I, I have a couple of articles in here, and, and these ones really are about masturbating. And, and at least this, uh, the first one is... Well, no, they, they also talk about um, using them together. Sure. Okay. That's, that's fine. As a couple. They do mention that in a couple of them. So five sex so, toys I, that every couple should own. Oh, so it is for couples, but that's fine. But the first one kind of confused... The first one is a masturbator. Right. And so... But it, it does say you can use it as a couple to, I guess, get the guy going strong. Well, right. Well, hold on. Can we address that to get the guy going is this a problem um it can be <laughs> it can be oh, okay it, it depends on you know the guy and other factors there's a lot of factors in that is there something so. you want to tell us no oh, okay 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to <laughs> this, i have not watched the video on how this thing works i probably should have well okay but, okay uh, it, the inter- it, how it works is actually th- so the one nice thing about the this is the it, it actually it has a kind of a um, a handle thing that you take off and it and it, it opens up kind of on a hinge. And then, well, actually, and first you, off, we should probably tell them what it is. Oh well, so, oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. You're right. So we're here. We are. We're dancing around the. It's this. So this is the Tenga flip hole, <laughs> which is a masturbator. There are four different models of this. They cut. They have four different colors, and each one of them are slightly different. I guess the inside of them are slightly different, and they have um, different textures of um, silicone. So the way that it works is that you open it up, and so that you can lube the whole inside of it, and then you put it back together, and you slide this kind of uh, handle on it. Then you're able to use it. But the nice thing about it is because that comes back off for cleaning purposes, so you can make sure that you get it clean inside as well. Apparently, it has about 50 it, uses, apparently, oh, is what the, ahead, um, the, the company yeah, says the, that you can use it 50 times. Um, before it starts to break down, which for an eighty dollars sex toy, that okay, that that might be a little, that might seem a little steep. Yeah, it looks like something that was made by Apple, though. It does kind of look like it's made by Apple. <laughs> the eye diddle. Well, he, he yeah. messes it getting mistaked as a speaker by his friend. He left it on his desk, and his friend thought it was a speaker. So <laughs> beats off by Dre. Oh, <laughs> the eye diddler, though I like it. <laughs> It, so yeah, but no, there's uh, so it comes in red, black, and silver as well, and then the white one. So white, white, red, black, and he silver. De- he definitely says it's pretty. 
I honestly can't overhype it enough. Imagine the best blowjob you've ever received in your lifetime. Then multiply that by five. It worked so well that by the time I started to climax, my feet and hands were starting to tingle. Yeah, that's what, yeah. <laughs> it, he wow. says it in the video as well. It's like, so that that's a, a hell of a toy there. Or he's got burgeoning neuropathy. I'm Although just I'm saying... I'm a bit puzzled by its effectiveness is only guaranteed for 50 uses. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's what he said in the video. It's so he said, but he says that he's had his for much um, for several years, and he's just he says way more than 50 times. Maybe it's just guaranteed for 50. Uses. Well, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next one it says pocket vibrator, which that makes sense. I mean, th- there's lots of different types of vibrators, and so having small vibrators around makes a lot of sense. And he. He recommends the um, the magic wand, formerly known as the Hitachi magic wand. But this device seems awfully strong to me. I wouldn't call this a pocket vibrator. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen those things. They're pretty big. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't, you know. And he points out apparently it's a plug-in. So it's not battery operated, which right, also the, makes it kind of yeah, pointless they, as a pocket vibrator. Yeah, so uh, so I don't know. I, well, I don't disagree with the idea of a vibrator. I disagree with calling the Hitachi wand a or magic wand, as it is called now, a pocket vibrator. Maybe they have bigger pockets than we do. Yeah, I suppose that. Maybe they be. have deeper pockets than we do. <laughs> oh, we'll we'll get to those people later in our scam section. So the next part is slippery stuff, which makes a lot of sense. So he recommends a silicone, or a, a I'm sorry, he recommends a water-based lubricant, and then he recommends uh, coconut oil, which I can totally get behind. Why not? I thought the only purpose for coconut oil is uh, squeaky coconuts. <sighs> you know, it's a good thing we only let you out of the cage every two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably best. Probably best. I have to go inflict myself on other people, though. <laughs> That's like the uh, it's like the person at Toys R Us that uh, she asked me if I was a reward, rewards member by chance, and I said, why no, I'm a rewards member by design. <laughs> <laughs> Vibrating cock ring. And why the heck not? Make make your sure. penis into a vibrator. Well, now, have, uh... now, hold on, hold on. It's okay. possible I misunderstand the use of this. I mean, we're basically talking about where you've got a couple of roosters fighting, right? No, that, that's not what we're suggesting. We're, we're... That's not what a cock ring is? No, I, in fact... That's what I was talking I, I about. Guess, I guess... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we're, talking, <laughs> we're talking about a, a silicone, uh, a round silicone ring that goes around the penis and it has... A, a a vibrating um, portion attached to it or in or embedded in it, used to for st- clitoral stimulation. Yeah, I don't think you could have roosters fight in that. <laughs> no. <laughs> and finally, adjustable wrist straps. And why the heck not? And the ones that he suggested are nice because they kind of go under the bed, and so you can really spread a little person on a bed real easily and good. Seems like seems like a must have to me. I like some of the links at the bottom here. Like, uh, I think that this is not their only best sex toy article because I got the no. best sex toy for men ever. The single best sex toy for couples. Well, why didn't they put that in here then? I have no idea. Maybe <laughs> they did. But then the next one is how to cultivate how to cultivate light and dark sexual energy. <laughs> so okay. the, the site is Jordan. <laughs> the, the site that I got this from is Jordan Gray Consulting. And so he there's a lot more going on here. He These articles are almost... Almost link bait to bring you to his site for all the other stuff that he does. I would, I almost, I would say, so relationship well, the, coaching and and stuff like that. That that best sex toy for couples is a uh, is a vibrator that is bendable and waterproof and quiet. 
and uses conductive wireless charging. That's very impressive. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. And it has various modes and intensity settings, just so I cover all the points. <laughs> what kind of batteries does it use? Uh, it's wireless charging. Oh, oh, so, so is it a lithium-ion battery, or is it uh, some other sort of chargeable battery? It does not say what type of battery. And this thing seems to be honestly fully sealed, so I don't think it's a replaceable battery either. Sam says all wireless batteries are lithium. That's not true. Nickel metal hydrate are not lithium. What if it's dilithium? <laughs> this truly would be the vibrator of the future. Yeah, uh, so yeah. You see a lot of nickel cadmium around anymore. And you don't want to risk an antimatter explosion there. Right. <laughs> oh. So actually, this has six bendable sections and a, and a motor in each one of those sections. That's impressive. And this is the this is the best sex toy for couples, huh? That is what that's that is the name of his article. Yes. And yeah, so it's not in his. Oh well, this is the best one, but it's not necessarily part of his five must have. Right. All right. Uh, it's a hundred and seventy nine dollar vibrator, so. Wow, I mean, some of these. So, well, that was, that was kind of thing. So, I have this 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 next article. Um, it says these are the these are the um, these are the the sex toys that every couple should try, and some of these are really expensive, but they have great names. Hot <coughs> Octopus well, Pulse Three Duo. Oh, I'm looking at the Clone O Willy right now. Clone O Willy. That's a that that that. There's another one that. Yep. I Basically, mean, it's a um, vibrator kit where I guess you can find your lover's um, penis and make a vibrator off of it. Oh, is it a vibrator or just a dildo? We've um, actually we've vi- talked about vibrating. something like that before. So, yeah, basically uh, it, you, you mold your lover's cock and you put it on the vibrator. It does look like a vibrator, yeah. Um, the, you know, the- I, just, uh, I just had an interesting stuff thought contrasting these two articles okay uh, the sex toys that every couple should own was the last one and this these ones are sex toys that every couple should try which uh, i guess means no, so. instead of own you you rent them out or something <laughs> right i mean there, there's, just, is there a market you just, out there? you just test them out at the store <laughs> there, there's got to be a thriving market for used sex toys why not but, there are, but um both vibrating penis ring and the um our pocket vibrator have um, are on this list as well. No, is it an actual pocket vibrator or is it another Hitachi it's a, one? It's the same one as he was suggesting. And they're calling that a the pocket vibrator. So yeah. the, 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 when they say pocket, do they mean that because you can put it in your pocket and you know and let it rip? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no idea why he's classifying as a pocket vibrator. I, I don't know. I I don't understand I, I, how that how that a is a of... pocket vibrator. So but this other one, I mean, the the ones that you should try. I mean, there's a whole there. Um, but I mean, there's double, there's a double ended dildo on here. There's all sorts of fun stuff in this article. Nipple clamps, <laughs> butt uh, plugs, butt plugs. Yeah. All sorts of stuff that they think people should be trying. Uh, dirty dice, which is great. I, I like dirty yeah, dice. I have a couple pairs of those. Do you? Okay. So I've, I've found something here that actually confuses me. Somehow. Okay. <laughs> and it's just simply the description. I'm thinking that the description is incorrect. Okay. Tell me. The cock, the cocksucker's mirror. Cocksucker's mirror. Basically, Basically, it it slides over the penis, and it says it's so the receiver can watch themselves getting a blowjob. But the thing of it is, I don't think that – I almost think that the way it would work would actually be the person giving the blowjob would be able to watch themselves giving the blowjob. I I, I can watch someone going down on me just fine without a mirror. Hmm. Yeah, that that is a strange one, isn't it? The cocksucker's mirror. And and it's a $36 mirror, too. Yep. Well, I, I, 
if you're going to put a piece of glass around your penis, I think I'd pay the extra money to make sure it's um, safe and doesn't have um, certain edges to it. Yeah, you're going to want that to be tempered glass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how this is going to work. I'm not sure how effective that's going to be. I mean, and I, I agree with Mac. It, it doesn't make any sense for the yeah. receiver to be watching. It makes sense for the giver to be um, watching it. And can't they see well enough already? Oh, okay. I guess you know you can watch. The, the, the person can watch themselves doing it and get aroused by it, I guess, is the idea. I don't know. I like the vibrator with the remote. Mm. Uh, the the Wii Vibe. I think, didn't we talk about the Wii Vibe before? It seems like the Wii Possibly. Seen... Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> All right. Well, that's enough sex toys, don't you guys think? Well, of course, can we ever really get enough sex so. toys? <laughs> <laughs> but we should move on to something lighter. Like um, Christian Pasture says women who dress provocatively are sexually assaulting men. Yeah. So for our I was first, you actually assaulted the hell out of last night. <laughs> <laughs> Went to a party. I was, I was sexually assaulted the hell out of at that party. And the, and how I, do you I'm feel glad about you it? have the the courage to talk about it, Thomas. <laughs> I, we, I better, we, we, we better we better tell people what's going on here before they get the wrong idea. Our first jackass of the week is a right wing pastor called Carl Gallup, and apparently he has a radio show. And oh, actually, it's the writer that um. Mike Sue Smith, who was on his show, who's the actual jackass. Um, basically, he, he I'm saying words quoted anyway. Uh, Men are visually stimulated, and unwanted stimulation should meet the basic definition of assault. Guilty of indecent visual assault on a man's imagination, which does cause mental anguish and torment. That that's what he's claiming is that- apparently men that don't want to have sexual ideas are assaulted if um, a woman is dressed in a way that might stimulate him. So this okay, is... Well, you know, he's, gonna... he's not entirely wrong about that. I mean, it does cause a lot of men, like people who are really sexually repressed, a, a lot of... Um, it, it makes them very anxious if they get arousing thoughts because they believe that's bad. It can also cause localized high blood pressure. Right, but here... But the, the problem... Okay... But to call that sexual assault, yeah, that's the I, problem. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask the question that we should all be asking right now. What man does not want to see a naked or partially dressed well, un- but, partially dressed woman? Okay, but here's well, the thing. Is the when is blaming. this an unwanted thing? Well, yeah, this is the victim blaming again, though. Saying it it's is the women's victim blaming. fault that men act that way towards them. That how dare you think men have to control themselves? You are assaulting us. By stirring up these feelings within us, and you think we should be controlling ourselves? No, no, no. It's your fault for looking that way to begin with. Well, not only that. How, it... how dare they say that men can't control themselves? Well, but there, there's mm-hmm. another problem. But this is trivially, trivializing sexual assault as well. Yeah, that's you know? true as well. And, very and much the, so. the, the other problem here is that – so they're, they're, they, they specifically say that it's giving a man a good feeling. Well – I, I'm sorry, the idea that sexual assault ever gives somebody a good feeling, that's a problem too. They, they're, they're misrepresenting assault to begin with. Right. So is this 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 feels like a this feels like an argument taken to the point of absurdity in order to invalidate the argument. Except for when you listen to these jerks have this conversation, that's not exactly what they're doing. They they believe what they're saying. And then right. at the very end of but, this it's it's a slippery slope type argument where you take it to the point so far to the point that it's absurd and it it's supposed to smear the original position by making it absurd but that's not what they're doing 
Did you listen to did you, did you listen to this? No. Okay, so when you listen to them, they're they are it, it, as much as you can say they're being honest, they're they're being honest about their belief here, right? I don't think that they I don't think that they're trying to make a slippery slope argument. They're saying that when women dress this way, that it, that it, it it rises these, you know, it, it is rising these um, feelings in men and that's the sexual assault. That's n- know, that is that's not. Uh, that's pretty that's the general idea of it anyway. I mean, yeah. um, I'm the, the whole Victorian the, attitude is, is what we're left over with here, that any sexual feelings are from the devil, right? Well, I am I, saying that oftentimes people commit logical fallacies without realizing that they're committing logical fallacies, but I still feel that this is that logical fallacy. They may be fully convinced of what they're saying, but that doesn't make it any less of an argument of absurdity. Well, I, it is an argument of, of uh, it will. I I find the argument absurd, right? And and I and I find it um, I find it actually disgusting um, that 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 they would even trivialize this in this way. But that's the point: is that so? These they, they are um, over-sexualizing women. Yeah. Right. So they they even say that that a woman in a burqa who shows a little ankle should you know if that's a that oh, yeah. arises and, a sexual and that's, that's a, a sexual assault. part of the problem with this if you're going to what is your standards of um stimulation i mean there, there are times when outfit that shows a little bit of skin can be quite sexual and qu- quite arousing while at the same time um you know there's certain bathing suits that i find rather unflattering on women and don't do it for me right but so but if a woman in a burqa showing ankle gets gets somebody off, that this is this is this is a yeah. societal issue, right? That this that is, this is not about know, the woman. What level gets it off on you? And that that would be different for every guy as well. I mean, that the whole idea of what they're presenting here is, you know, I guess women can't show any skin whatsoever because if they show even the slightest bit, they might um, assault a man by arousing him. Well, no, I think the argument uh, you know, there. I think the argument they're presenting is that. I think that they are literally trying to invalidate claims of sexual assault by saying, well, women are assaulting us first. Yeah. Right. That is the, that is what they're doing. Yeah. The other thing that they said that um, is if a man did, did that, you know, dressed inappropriately in the workplace, you know, that it's like, you know what? The problem with men's attire is that it's boring, right? Women yeah. women have a much larger variety of clothes that they get to use. Um, men, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a button down shirt. It's slacks and, you know, and, and a jacket, maybe. I mean, the men's clothing for the workplace is so boring that it could, you know, that it, that it's not even worth talking about. Where women have a much wider variety of stuff that they can wear, and just because their 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 stuff isn't boring doesn't mean that you know we should, um, you know, doesn't mean that they should dress boring. I mean, it's it's just it's ridiculous what the what these yeah. guys are suggesting. Yeah, and, and as I see it, um, puberty is the stage where you learn how to handle your sexual feelings and. Uh, not let them get the better of you. I mean, if you've reached the adult stage and you're still having so much anxiety over seeing attractive women who dress provocatively, I mean, you should look inward on that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if if you actually have a problem and feel assaulted because of the way a woman looks to you, then there's something wrong with you, not the woman. Right. Exactly. And, and and they do say in the end, well, but, you know, we're, we're not saying that men shouldn't, you know, we're, we're, that shouldn't, you know, control themselves. You know, we're just, it's like, I mean, it, yeah, so you did a CYA, great, good for you. 
but you wouldn't have these problems if you weren't so re- repressed in the first place. Yeah. And and this idea, I mean, after after listening to this conversation, there's absolutely nothing that a woman could could wear that doesn't assault them. <laughs> if if a right. woman in a burqa showing ankle is is, is an assault, is sexual assault to them, then. All bets are off. And the room was silent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, move on to a new jackass. Who's I was the, wondering who's... if we got disconnected there for a second. No, I just that I, I think I think we're all done. I think I think everything that can be said about these jackasses has been said. They're they're pieces of shit and we can move on. Okay. Right. <laughs> oh, this is good. So uh Linda Harvey, Disney's first gay main character, should have been molested first. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, that's a cheery storyline for a children's show. Holy and this is a conversation mackerel. we've had in the past. I believe it was when we were doing the whole thing on the um, what's the moment? click yeah. track. All right, so one tell- of them was saying that oh, everyone who's gay was molested when they were a kid, and that's how they right. became gay. Dumbass, tell me what's going Apparently, on here. Yeah, uh, yeah. So um, I hadn't heard of this. There's this uh, show, this Disney show, um, about a character called uh, Andy Max. Uh, Andy Mack, um, and it's on a second season, and uh, the main character uh, admitted uh, that he was gay. And this is a teen this drama. Oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. Autoplay. <laughs> Autoplay on videos. Some kind, of, some kind of teen drama, the first Disney one with a gay character, and it's kind of a big deal. But um, conservatives, uh, conservative Christians are, of course... Um, making it into a bad thing. Uh, but uh, the the one that we're focused on here uh, uh, is uh, introduced by this article as professional bigot, Linda Harvey. Um, she apparently said uh, that, uh, oh, it would be more realistic if you, if you had the gay character. He's gay because he got molested as a younger boy. Because that's how it usually happens, apparently. Well, they're saying that's how it always happens. And that, and what she wants them specifically to say is to go about how well, he didn't have this feelings no, before he was to molested. Be, to be honest, it says frequent origin, not okay. always origin. So she's saying frequent origin. But basically, to put that to put that narrative in there is to is to basically. Uh, Turn back towards saying that homosexuality is a is a mental illness or a post traumatic condition. Right. This idea that's, that that's that, the purpose of that narrative. Right. She and so they 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 want them to specify that they didn't have these feelings prior to the abuse. Uh, let's see. It's just says it's it's heartbreaking, but realistic angle could explore what happens when a boy is molested by an adult or an older teenage boy and then finds himself with same-sex desires feelings absent prior to the abuse you know maybe this is just a type of scenario that she gets off on or an equally realistic (sighs) angle would be for the boy to just naturally have these feelings as you know as anyone can have for a person at any time now, I haven't I, looked up the research on this, but I don't, I don't think, think that, that it's that plausible it's that somebody would develop same-sex attraction based on being abused. No, I agree. that, that I don't think that that happens. No, although it could, uh, 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 due to being abused, one could actually possibly develop pedophilia. Ugh. And once again, I am talking... Uh, <laughs> I am talking without knowing for sure. I, I like guess I, I guess we should research. look that up. But so if I don't... anybody else wants to, co- to 
It's not the it, here's the thing. You complain that on Facebook. <laughs> I'm not going to say that somebody doesn't claim that that has actually happened to them, right? I I, that, I think yeah. that would be silly. But there's probably somebody out here that makes the claim that they maybe they didn't have that until they were molested. But it's not it's not the um, major way that, that that this happens. I mean, people are born this way. I mean, that's. But yeah, may I mean maybe we shouldn't make that. Well, I I think I I think I may have stumbled on it though. She she may be trying to equate homosexuality with pedophilia. Well, they do that a lot though. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is something yeah. that's been done back in the past. This just may be a new tactic to create to yeah. to create that link. It's disgusting. I think this is just her masturbation fantasy. <laughs> I think she 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 loves thinking about young boys being molested and then lured into a life of gay debauchery and she is getting like such a lady hard on about that no don't she hates thinking about it and she can't help thinking about it all the time <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she's being sexually assaulted now uh, with it now that it's on tv right unwanted yes because you yes, know exactly. there's no such thing to change a channel <laughs> oh man so uh, i'm i'm gonna guess this this show is it a fairly popular show i don't know it's, it's in its second season, so it, it survived its first season, so it's at least that popular. It's it's just it's it's controversy fuel. You know, Disney has been moving towards normalizing this stuff for quite a while. Yeah, I mean, it's Disney and ABC. Yeah, both. yeah. ABC being owned by Disney. Okay, there you go. Yeah, is it ABC? Is that um uh what is it, what am I, what show am I thinking of? You thinking of Modern Family? Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. on ABC, right? Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah. And on Modern Family, you've got a you've got a you've got a gay married couple who have adopted a daughter from Vietnam. The apparently both members of both of the members of the family, both the members of the male members of the family, were gay from a very young age. And there's no sign of them ever ever, ever having been molested. So the parents were good at covering their tracks then. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh. Anyway, I, I actually happened to I actually happened to uh, watch an episode of that show earlier today, and the uh, the father of of one of the of the gay son had such a such a the father's line of work was that he was a person who designed and sold closets, right? <laughs> and his son made this cutting remark about about his father's only knowing how to build closets. And the father's response was, you know, I would think you'd have more respect for closets considering you were in one for 28 years. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, bravo, Disney. Yep. And boo, Linda Harvey. Eh, for people like Linda Harvey, there's no, no such thing as bad publicity. Well, that's true. You know, you said you said her secret fantasy might be this. Really, her secret fantasy is just hearing people say her name. Which we just did. So, boo us. Well, I, I would just like the audience to 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 you know remember that her last name is Harvey, and just picture her as a large invisible rabbit. So, all right. And I'm doing that right now, by the way. <laughs> Very good. I'm not imagining her naked. Just couldn't go there. Well, fur <laughs> on an invisible rabbit. What a waste. Yeah. Well, all right. You know, it's a family movie talking to Jimmy Stewart. So. Okay, let's move on. I have I put some scams in here. I was reading about scams today, and so I I, I put some in here that that kind of uh, caught my eye. And so this this first one, and and it, this is from FoxNews.com. Even 
Um, so it's not fake news then. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. No, this is not big news, right? Because I got it from Fox News, so it's real news. Yeah. World's most expensive whiskey revealed to be a scam. So um, this patron went to a. Um, let's see, it says the after Wald a House Chinese hotel at San Moritz. Yeah. So they had. A, so this this hotel had a bottle of uh, Macallan's eighteen seventy six. Uh, Macallan's makes so that's a that's a Scotch maker. 1878. 1878, sorry. Yeah. Um, and, and so this gentleman bought uh, a, um, a snifter of this for $10,000. It says shot. It was probably a snifter, which I'm not sure if there's um, a yeah, it says, Snifter is for brandy. Uh, it oh, does say right. single shot. It says a single shot. So one ounce. So th- that would be one ounce of this for $10,000. The bottle was said to have been worth $300,000. So I guess when people heard about this, they were they were a little bit uh, skeptical of uh, of this. I guess I, I it sounds like it was because of the way that the bottle looked and the label and some stuff like that. And so they actually were able to get a sample of this, and they were able to carbon date it. In which they say the whiskey is probably uh, no older than 1970. Which with car- even yeah, the actually of carbon dating that seems awfully specific. You would think there'd be a range there. So, but. Uh, Almost a hundred years well, younger than it would Maybe they just gave you the lowest range, the lowest of the range. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyway, so instead, this is a 40 year old whiskey. They're saying it was in the bottle. They're saying that the glass on the bottle was dated to uh, 2002. So clearly, somebody put a uh, rebottled this and and sold it. The um, if the glass was made in 2002, they 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 claimed that. They had had the bottle for 25 years. Well, no, okay. I don't see anything saying the glass was made in 2002. It's no, they said glass. the they said the glass was a type that was in common usage in 2000. In 2002, yeah. So, but experts say the glass used for the bottle was similar to ones made in 2002. Right. Um, so that yeah, so these so they are saying so if that's true, that means that it's probably been rebottled because that's a 40 year old scotch in what a um, 15 year old bottle yeah approximately uh, so what it can so well, what ultimately now they're though, saying that they're saying that the scotch is no older than the 1970s but the person said that he's had it in his possession for 25 years right but that's not so, possible if the bottle was from 2002 well, well no, no they're, said, they're saying that the bottle is similar oh similar to okay. things that were in use okay. in, in yeah. 2000 so they could it's, it's not saying that the bottle was made in 2002 it could be a 30 40 year old scotch Still, regardless, which yeah. is still, you know, a fairly old scotch. Still, but not worth ten thousand dollars a shot. Well, I it probably was never worth ten thousand yeah. dollars, even even if it was from the, um, uh, even if it was that old. And actually, uh, the next article that we have in here, thank you, dumbass, uh, because because this is one of the things I was thinking. <laughs> how the heck would I tell okay, the difference? So, hold on, hold on. Uh, well, let me let me no. still still kind of want to address something, a couple okay. things on this article. Um, so first of all. It was initially worth ten thousand dollars a shot because somebody paid that. Okay. So but, things like this are worth what people will pay for them. It, but it was this worth is a collectors. It's a collector thing. But it was if worth that paid, only under the pretenses that it was a Macallan yeah, eighteen seventy eight. At that point, it no longer was worth the ten thousand dollars right. because that ten thousand dollars was refunded. Yeah. Second thing is, um, it's a stylistic thing in the article where the guy refers to the liquor as a high-end grog, 
the problem with that is grog is a specific type of liquor, which is rum mixed with water. Right. So that and this is a scotch that we're talking about. Yeah. So it's it makes the person who wrote the article somewhat less than knowledgeable and somewhat suspect. And that's fine. It's from Fox News. So what do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> I should have found another source. That's <laughs> what it comes down to. But but, but this, this goes off to my. I've always had the. Okay, if you've ever seen the um, film Dirty Rotten Scoundrel, they do this whole big thing on how you're supposed to invest a lot of money in these old wine bottles of wine, put them in a cellar, and never drink them. And I'm always, I could never figure out the point to that because that is a way to basically be conned. Is I'm going to collect. <clears throat> Classic wine, I don't know what any of it tastes like anyway, so even if I were to open one and taste it, how would I know that's really what's in the bottle kind of thing? Right. So, And here, here we see the ultimate thing. A guy paid 10000 He didn't even – probably didn't even realize taste-wise anything different about it than um, any other scotch or whiskey, whatever – um, right. So yeah, so they say, and here's here's another reason that I think that we've got a problem with this to go on, is that he they say that uh, most likely this was a blend of scotch, a sixty percent malt and a and a forty percent grain. Well, this is a barley whiskey because um, it's a scotch, right? So we're talking about barley whiskeys when we're talking about blended scotches. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess well, would the, would the barley be technically the malt? I guess, but but. Percentages of grain, grains would still be malts, right? It's they're just different malts, isn't that? Isn't that true? So we're talking about barley and probably about barley and wheat mixture. Sixty percent barley, forty percent wheat is probably what we're talking about. But well, here, how hard would it really be to pull off these scams? It wouldn't. Of, it in, would be. It would be so. Like it would be so simple and, because. Well, luckily, here we have someone who was honest and refunded the money when they found out. Um, you know, they had um, been deceived. Right, because but it was from an up-class establishment. People that would have said, uh, you know, 10000 bucks. you know how hard it would be to say, yeah, I'm giving you this money back because, wait a moment. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. Is that, so yeah. what, one of the things I like about this scam is that I'm never going to get scammed with a with a forty thousand or with a ten thousand dollar shot of whiskey because I just I just can't afford it, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Th- th- this is a scam for people who you know who their second car is a Bugatti, right? It's it's not for it's not for you know the guy who owns right. the Honda down the street. Uh, it's yeah. If you're paying ten thousand dollars for a shot, you've got a lot of disposable income available. <laughs> you you've got yeah. to imagine, right? I mean, they, he but because he it was an up class establishment, they refunded the ten thousand dollars because this establishment wants to sell you know high end whiskeys. But to the real point here that I think is important, how would I tell the difference between the taste of a forty year old whiskey and a hundred and forty year old whiskey, right? Well, obviously, the guy that paid ten thousand dollars couldn't. He pro- because it was probably a damn fine whiskey to begin with. Um, but so th- then we should move on. Scotch distillers uh, admit all scotch actually tastes the same, which is kind of a um, is kind of misleading because not all scotches taste the same. But well, the the site is a no, no, a, uh, it's uh, a spoof site. It all tastes exactly the same, Brian. Oh, the Beaverton. A, oh, shit. Okay, it's the... I, I right. knew that you that you thought scotch tastes... Actually, <laughs> um, this, did you just pull an, an Ian? Article. I, might, I did just pull an Ian. <laughs> I was going to give up on that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't look... Really I look at this, this and it's like, well... I recognized it when I recognized the Beaverton. When I read this source, I, rec- I, I then I figured it out. But I almost did no. pull a one. Yeah. But, okay. This is the Beaverton, okay. uh, Canada's, uh, Canada's version of The Onion. 
Very tongue in cheek. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, um, in this article, uh, a bunch of Scotch distillers at the annual Scotch Distillery Convention in Glen Kearney, Scotland, admitted that uh, all Scotch tastes exactly the same, and that taste is Smoky Burney. Smoky Burney. That's 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 kind of not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> About two years ago, I was actually taught how to properly drink scotch. Okay, so how do you properly um, drink scotch? You have to slightly water it down. That's true of um, most whiskeys that you that you always want to put a little bit of water into them. And then though I forget the whole thing, he showed me exactly. It, it was a friend of mine's birthday. Okay. Um, I had gone out with them. We did laser tag. And then afterwards, he bought himself like a hundred dollar bottle of scotch for his birthday and was sharing it with everyone. And he taught me the whole thing. I, I don't remember it too well, but there's a proper way to sip it in order to f- release the flavor as it touches your tongue in just the right way and everything. And how much what? of that scotch did you have? I, um, had enough that I was a little, um, wobbly. Well, cause you're saying you don't really remember much of it. So I'm just asking. <laughs> And how did you get home that day? I'm just asking. I, I waited a little bit and then drove home. But, I, um, but yeah, no, it it was interesting to learn how to prop. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of rules if Wait. you're really apparently a big drinker on the, exactly this, what triggers the flavor in the proper way. This is this is even worse than I, this article says. Okay, this 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 is, this is even worse. Uh, it says that they, they say that um, let's see, Copper Highland Parks Scotch whiskey, bourbon, they all literally <laughs> are exactly the same with zero difference. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, that's not true. <laughs> and that's why I drink liqueurs, because I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference between bourbons, right? I couldn't I can't taste bourbon until you say, oh well that's Maker's Mark or that you know that that's well, Jack Daniels, the, but I can tell the difference between the taste of the two. <laughs> and there's been studies done, and for the most part, the wine connoisseurs really don't know much difference between the wines. Well, okay, but you know, they, 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 they know they add all sorts of stuff, but you can give them almost anything. And there's a lot of um, playing with the heads. This is this kind of a wine. Oh, okay. I remember one time. Yeah, yeah, I I, I, I agree with uh, that. At one point, though. Smoky Bernie describes all of them without fail. There's nothing much more to it than that. <laughs> Elaborated Carscadden. I guess if you want to go further, varnished charcoal might be a more exact descriptor. <laughs> there was one time at Bennigan, back when Bennigan's existed out here. They were doing the, um, whatever they called it, where they had, you know, all beers from around the world and you supposed to try them all and you get a special thing if you go in enough time to try them all. And I went in and I ordered a fruit beer of some kind. He bought, brought me a beer, said, oh, you can smell the fruit and everything. Yeah, okay. Tried it. It wasn't too impressive. He comes back and said, uh, actually, it looks like we accidentally gave you a Coors Light. Here's the, the actual beer. It's like, oh, okay. You know, but he had told me it was a fruit beer and was talking about the smell. And it's like, okay, I guess I smell it. You know, I had convinced myself, okay, it's a fruit beer. I must be smelling it. Now, admittedly, with the proper fruit beer, I smelled it and could taste it. But I had, you know, was convinced by a simple guy saying this is a fruit beer that, okay, there's a fruit smell to it. Oh. So, is the, um, was the special thing that they gave you, if you tried all the beers, a place on the liver transplant list? <laughs> <sighs> uh, okay, but the, the, to be clear here, I you know it can I, be I, difficult, especially if what you're supposed to be looking for is subtle. Yeah, yeah. Then it's like there's very big chance of making. A, a thing, I think I smell that or whatever. Yeah, 
And I, that that's the way it goes with a lot of the wine tasting and stuff is yeah. um you can convince people that tasting completely different kind of wine than they are just by you know telling them they are. It's like, oh yes, I can taste that in there. Uh, especially if they're trying oh, to the see. last paragraph of this actually makes re- re- ahead, reference to wine. It says the revelation is not without precedent as cigar and wine manufacturers had admitted the same thing with respect to their own <laughs> products a month earlier. Experts predict that these announcements will result in a dramatic downturn in the number of 20 to 40 year olds trying to impress each other with empty unearned smugness. <laughs> oh, if only. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where a lot of it comes from. Like I said, the, you, you tell the person, this is this kind of a wine. You can taste it in there. And if they want to be smug and, oh, yes, I'm a wine connoisseur. Oh, yes, I can taste it. Definitely. Yes, it's definitely there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's been studies done that people have fallen for that because, you know, they want to be a wine connoisseur. So, of course, they can taste it. Of course, they know exactly what. Yeah, but if you really want to if you really want to be an impressive wine connoisseur, you take a taste of the wine and then you start making up shit about the the soil it was grown in. Like, uh, hmm. I think these grapes were grown in a uh, a medium dark soil, and there was oh yes, there was an earth earthworm in there named Tim. And the grapes were plucked by a um, twenty eight year old woman, probably wearing um oh yes, definitely wearing a pink t shirt that day. Yes, you can tell. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. But you're so, right, Mac. That's definitely a taste of Tim right there. <laughs> I, um, yes, and I can tell that Tim God. actually passed by the uh, actually passed by this grapevine at 10:23 in the morning uh, on a day in July. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it well, to say that the all these things date? taste exactly the same? Is 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 absolutely not true though. I mean, yeah. here's the thing: is that different scotches do taste different. But I really do think that after a certain point of aging, that you can't tell the difference anymore. And I really think that the difference between a a like a twelve year old scotch and a twenty year old scotch that there might not be that much difference. But in particularly between a forty year old and a hundred forty, I bet you that I bet you would never be able to tell the difference, right? But the, but they well, but one scotch well, to another is going to taste different. Year old scotch is going to taste dustier. Yeah. Right, Brian, I tell you what, let's find someone that will fund the research on this yes. and have them buy us an actual shot of 100-year-old scotch and a shot of 50-year-old scotch and see if we can tell the difference. Absolutely. I am totally down with that. I will totally do that. I will totally do that test. So right now, viewers, we're looking for someone to help us fund that experiment. <laughs> okay. Anyone interested, you know, email us and we'll... T- we need to do cognacs while we're at it, too, because we want to do Louis versus some of the other cognacs as well. <laughs> This study's gonna we're gonna need a couple thousand for this study. <laughs> hmm. That's funny. All right. Next scam. Let me let me uh, this one this one because I think that this one actually it, this one is actually one that people could very much fall for. And so oh, yeah. uh, this is a Netflix one where net where people are getting a, an email that looks very much like it, it could be from Netflix saying that there's a problem with their membership and you know basically it's expired and they need to renew it. And you go and you ask, and it asks you for a bunch of information. But the amount of information that it asks you for is absolutely insane. Netflix has officially fired Kevin. Yes, Netflix has officially fired Kevin Spacey. Autoplay on videos is wrong. Well, no, apparently that one was correct. (laughs) Well, okay, it was correct. Because that was a fake. Yeah, yeah, okay. That was not fake news. They they have fired him. Um, so, but it's asking, let's see, I'm, I'm trying to, it asked for like your mother's maiden name. I think it asked for social security number. It asked yeah. for, I mean, the list of information that this, uh, that this Driver's game asked for. Number. Yeah. Holy yeah. mackerel. 
But no, a, a general rule that I live by and anyone else should probably follow is if you ever get an email like this and you are worried, don't link from, from anything in the email. Go to the official site. You should already have the official site already if you're um, on, a, on a program like this. You go to the official site, a... you look into your official account. Your actual account you know is on the official site and see if there's anything wrong. Furthermore, if you get an email or with an email with a phone number, don't call the phone number in the email call the phone number on their official site. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's all good advice. And now I'm going to show you why that fails. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that's, <laughs> the next one's a really good nice Okay. So anyway, so, so watch out for that. I scam, but, but, but the real, but the thing is, is that everything you guys said is correct and could also fail. <laughs> so this yeah. one, this one is an AOL scam where the person got an email about their AOL account. And so they did exactly everything that you guys are saying to do. They they went and they got the the AOL um, information and they called AOL. And as they were doing this, they got a phone call from somebody saying they're from AOL. And he told them, "Well, actually, I'm already on the phone with them." And he was, and, but and he had got in the and so the email he had called AOL, and that person said, "Oh, well, I think that person is an actual tech, so you can go ahead and just take that call." So the person from AOL helped helped him probably not knowingly get scammed by this other one that he the guy from AOL should have known well if he called you and said he's from AOL you probably don't want to be on that call he the guy from AOL could have headed this off right from the beginning but didn't and in fact led the guy right into the clutches of the scammer and of course they yeah. got onto the system and you know they they were going and boy what they were going to sell him a special firewall for $1600 but he could get a senior citizens discount it would be $700 and so wait a minute wait a minute if they're getting $700 a pop from AOL subscribers that means that they may make as much as $2100 <laughs> yeah, I'm like who in the world still uses AOL Right, but here's the thing I that they were this, dead. this can't this scam was incredibly sophisticated because yeah, the yeah. Pers- they and if done it a- was if it were used on something, it's potential to be used on something other than AOL is strong. Yeah, and so they knew a lot about this guy before they even sent him the initial scam. He was targeted. The fact that they were able to call him, I mean, and so there, there's some questions in here. I, I haven't verified this information, okay, uh, but. Uh, what everything they're saying, I believe, is possible. Um, I am I am curious to see that if this was actually a FedEx driver that came to pick up the check. Right, we don't know. Was if it they actually had somebody? So he they was. Didn't, they don't. They don't. They never verified. They never actually involved. You know, they they just assumed that it actually was a FedEx driver. They didn't involve the police to verify this, which they should have. Right. But so but so they send somebody somebody they tell him to put the envelope in the mailbox with the check for seven hundred dollars. And the reason I think this is probably not an actual FedEx driver is that it sounds like the FedEx driver specifically asked for the check for the seven hundred dollar check. And so a FedEx driver would know the actual amount of the check. No, they would just need they would just be there to pick up a package. Yeah. So I don't know. So it says came looking to pick up this seven hundred dollar check. You know what it doesn't specifically say if the FedEx driver knew the amount of the check. If the if the if he knew the amount of the check nor does it say whether whether they whether they gave a routing number you know like a a tracking number for the FedEx driver or anything else. It doesn't say how that was set Yeah, Yeah, there's still, I don't know what all happened there, but they did eventually call the police. Um, but yeah, so he did, he did the right thing. 
But then AOL failed him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a fairly sophisticated scam. They had I mean, yeah. it's not hard to get somebody's cell phone number and stuff like that anymore. I mean, that that information is available and so the fact that they got it and were able to call him, but man, that that, that makes this a targeted phishing attack. This was this yeah. was not um it wasn't, you know, scattershot and you know, wait for the phone call. They 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 picked this guy out specifically. So, wow. Providing that is actually true. I guess I don't have any verification. Um, but they say they did report well, the scam. I mean, we're we're in it is in a it's in a legitimate news source. So, there's a good chance this is in fact true. And the whole thing is it's plausible. It's very right. it is plausible. But it is plausible. Yeah. yeah. So, it's the Albuquerque Journal, which I I'm, I'm guessing is a, is a legitimate paper. I don't know what, what I don't know much about the news source, but yes, I believe everything in here is plausible. But the but the fact that they targeted this guy the way that they did, it's it's hard to believe that. Uh, that's wow. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a bad thing here, which is that because they are targeting AOL subscribers, chances are they're also targeting the elderly. Oh yeah, I think you're right. I don't disagree with that at all. The elderly are always a target for this. But what I like about this setup is that you guys told everybody what to do, yet and and here's an article yeah. that shows how that can still fail. Well, you've got to be vigilant in every way that you can and still be skeptical and think that any of your preparations might not give yeah. you 100% protection. Absolutely. And I mean this is this the, the the criminals were very lucky in this case to have that it happen like that. Well, and, yeah. and actually, this guy was like lucky that AOL who wasn't thinking. Yeah, that, they, that was just like well, a, a or, very specific or maybe, situation. Maybe was uninformed. I mean, when you call Microsoft and ask them, they will always tell you that Microsoft does not make outbound calls to people. Right, and they definitely don't make calls. Um, although they've stopped introducing themselves as Microsoft. They now all they now introduce themselves as being from Windows, not from Microsoft. What? Seriously. What? The scammers trying to get Oh, you the scammers. To, yeah, the scammers, okay. not not Microsoft. Okay. But they the scammers now introduce themselves as being from Windows, hmm. not from Microsoft. Okay. But Microsoft is very quick to tell you that they do not make those outbound calls with the IRS scam. The IRS will tell you that they don't make outbound calls like that. You say they're quick so, to tell you that, but when you call Microsoft, they want your credit card number before they'll even talk to you. So I don't know how quick it is. Okay, I don't. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't had to contact Microsoft. I fixed my shit myself. Yeah, no. I mean, unless you have a support contract with them, <laughs> they're not talking to you. <sighs> but anyway, so yeah, so that that was an interesting. It's just interesting how that you know. Yes, every, everything so, you say is you know, but you've got to be like you say. He should. He should have continued to talk to the guy that he called. Not the other guy. He should have hung up on the other guy. Right. So let me ask you, how could this scam with the lockdown computer, how could it have been avoided using common core math? <laughs> yeah, dumbass. <laughs> well, I think when you add everything up there, that definitely seemed like a scam. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to put this in here, just a, a little thing. I've seen like a lot of memes out there, people complaining about uh, oh, Common Core math doesn't make sense the way they're teaching it. Um, there's especially one uh, that uh, had to do with um, counting up by fives and tens in order to do like subtraction or whatever. And uh, I looked at that and I'm like, 
Wait a minute. I worked as a cashier for a long time, and this is how I calculate a change in my head. Yeah, I think what what it looks like they're doing with Common Core is that yeah, you look at these problems when they're what that he got marked off on, and I and I don't know if he got marked off for the whole problem or just part of the problem because you look at this, he's half right. He did half the problem, but he didn't con- he didn't continue it out and do the rest of it. Uh, you know, if you look at Common Core as being an option for a different way to solve problems, it it um it makes more sense as being an option. If you look at it as the only way to solve problems, that's when it drives people who learned, you know, math math, which is, you know, math prior to Common Core math. People who learn math math think, okay, well, this is crazy and it's taking it's taking too many steps to do something that should be simple. But the but point, if you look at it as an option. But it's not simple. That the point of, when you're looking at these, that the point is that 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 there are like three three ways to solve the same problem and all of them are correct and knowing all three of them is an advantage right yes exactly and so that that seems to be the point of common core i don't know enough about common core but just looking at what we've did here and then this asshole that tries to do the check it's like uh, okay yeah nobody's Mm -hmm. gonna do a check that way we we get it you're you're a jerk thank you well the problem is go ahead that the one question at the beginning that like a lot of parents are passing around um, asking how to solve five times three, and apparently the, the kid gave the answer five, five plus five plus five. The real answer was supposed to be three plus three plus three plus three plus three. But wasn't it both and, of those? I mean, both what you'd arrive at the exact same solution either way. So you might argue that it doesn't matter. But I mean, if this is something that the teacher has taught in class, that all right, this is the oh. way we read problems, and this is how oh. you're supposed to format it when you're making if you're, the answer. I get it now. If you're supposed to, the kid should have known, right? If you were supposed to use the lowest, the lowest number for the repeated addition, it makes sense to use it as three plus right because plus it three. because it's five times three, so it's five three. Well, right. yeah, yeah, I get it. There might be it. some instructions we're missing, although they're all right. I never liked having to show my work. I hated showing my work in math because that actually slowed me down. But I was always good at math. I could do but so, here's the thing, so like, much of it in my head. Right, but getting it done quick is not always the point. Showing you, yeah. showing the work, how you got to there, how you got to the answer what, is important because what sometimes... What here isn't the stuff that confuses me with Common Core. Okay. This is actually some of the stuff that I had... The, the, especially that first question. I do recall being taught that kind of thing in school. That, yeah... You know, how do you break it down in different ways? Um, so the, the, the first one to me is not that big of a deal. They don't show the word common core that my boys have brought home that I could never grasp. That's to me, is the, the bigger problem because um, it adds all sorts of weird, uh, to me, longer extended steps that came from a misunderstanding of what common core was supposed to be. Common core, there was guidelines put down, and it had to do with how you show, uh, you had to, Follow the you know this this this. Make sure they understand how they come to the answer and things like that. But then it got misinterpreted, and someone took it to a bit of an extreme, and that's where all the Common Core problems are coming from. And this article doesn't seem to look at any of those. The problem is I don't know where to find that stuff because I don't even know how to work that stuff. My boys, I remember bringing having brought it home and done it, and I could not figure it out at all. But just because you couldn't figure it out and you didn't understand it doesn't mean that it was wrong, right? And, and Although my understanding is there's also some stuff within Common Core that says um, you can be close to the right answer and not get it and still get it correct, which that I definitely would have a problem with if I that's don't true. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, here's the thing that the, the problem that, that we're seeing here is that he did get them wrong. 
right? He did answer them wrong, and and we can we can see why he answered them wrong. Well, yeah, but he also answered them correct. We don't know the full. Um, but they're not correct. The five plus five plus five is fifteen. No, because when you read the problem, it's five times three. It's three fives, or it's 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 three five times. When you read the problem, and that's the point, is that you've got to read the problem correctly to solve it correctly. Well, the bottom line is we all grew up in a generation where we learned math, math. Well, but here's the thing is that, that that's, I mean, that uh, when I see, I've had the kids come home with stuff that's like, I know how to get the answer to that. But they, there's a specific reason a lot of times that they want them to come, that they want them to do the math in, in the way that they're teaching. But what I find is that I find that a lot of times the, my problem with the stuff I see coming home is that, the um the instructions are not good. The the English in the instructions makes it makes it a problem. I don't understand what they're trying to tell me half the time. That's my problem with a lot of this stuff. Is I think that they're not putting the time in actually writing the instructions properly. Shouldn't anybody be able to read them? You probably find uh, better instructions on the internet these days. Well, yeah. Sometimes um you know it's like okay. They want them to come to this con- to come to the conclusion using this method, but they don't describe the method. But I think sometimes that they they maybe the kids got the got the information correctly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The problem is is that I'm not an educator, and I think that a lot of times they have good reasons for why they do things that I don't always understand. And when I ask, a lot of times it gets explained. But it's a matter of parents asking the questions of the instructors. Yeah. I, said, I, 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 I the boys. I think one time you even tried to teach me the Common Core stuff, and it seemed like it was the overly excessive and would slow you down on um, understanding math. I don't. Uh, but that, that's, that's the, the the way some of these things work out to teach. They do seem more complicated than just you know the way you usually do it on paper. But it's like another method that is supposed to like a, some of these. It's just ways that are easier to do in your head rather than on paper. And so you learn the method and you can calculate in your head uh, much quicker uh, when you don't have pen and paper available rather than if you're trying to do like a, a math problem oh, I- in your head a lot of the time trying to like remember where you put the numbers and stuff and add and, and like write in the air with your finger. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, there's different tricks. I mean, but, um, we both we can all come to the right answer yeah. of why of of fifteen. You know, three times five is fifteen. But the question is, or five times three is fifteen. But the question is why? Making sure that people understand the the why those things are equivalent and how and how we come. I mean, to those. that 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 seems a little nitpicky to me, but I get where they're coming from. And if the kids are taught that uh, you have to pay attention to the order that I put this in, and this is how it works then that's a valid thing to test on a test of their knowledge. Well, if you don't do that when you get to calculus, you'll never get the right answer, right? Because because order becomes extremely important, especially as we multiply and divide and, and you know do other, you know, other right. equations. Clearly there's a lot here we don't understand. But I mean, yeah, nobody's ever going to try and do a check like this and that's not the point of common core. Well, and that's one part of common core I don't understand, the check, the boxes and all that. You know, that, that's where it really gets confusing to me. Right. But, because we don't know enough. You know. We haven't been educated on it. <laughs> so it's hard to judge it when you, when you don't have any education on it. Yeah. But I, I do with the letter at the end here, because of the letter to Jack. Okay. Um, It, it says simplification is valued over complication. I, I, looking at what's up above on how to figure out the answer, I have no idea what any of that's about. But I, you know, 427 minus 316. It's an easy one. I don't know why you need other steps 
Um, that, that's especially math is something that a lot of people are scared of because they don't get it. To make it more complicated than it needs to be is not going to help these kids that don't get it. It's going to hurt them because they're going to look and say, okay, this is even even more work than I want to do. I don't think they're overcomplicating it. I don't think they're overcomplicating it. I think that that, that's, that, that that's the piece that we're not understanding is that there is a reason that they're that they're breaking it out this way. It's not to overcomplicate it. It's to actually simplify it in the in the end because you understand how we got to each point. Uh, seven minus six equals one. That's easy to understand. But the, but we're well, talking about Common Core at the at the lower end, right? It's it's I mean that yeah that I, I'm looking I'm looking right now at the letter to Jack. At, it, it's one of the last pictures on here. And supposedly this is a um, the guy who has a bachelor's degree in science, electric engineering, which includes extensive study in differential equations, and he's claiming he, even he can't explain common core mathematics. Okay. And he's saying, just look at the simple approach because we four minus three is one, two minus one is one, seven minus six is one. That that that, that doesn't need to be any understanding to to add extra steps to be able to figure that four twenty seven minus three sixteen is one hundred and eleven makes no sense. I would like to see the defense of this from somebody from a common that understands yeah, Common Core. Same here. That's what I would like to see because I'm not going to just agree with this because I don't have enough information. No, I, I agree there. We don't have enough information on exactly the thinking of Common Core and how it works. But I look at the two ways. I, I look at the weird way they do it at the top of the letter with the 100 things and then all the little things. Like, wait a moment, what does any of that mean? Why would you figure it out that way when you know you line it up in the old-fashioned way? It doesn't take any time, and you under you, if if you can't understand why seven minus six you end up with one, then something else is going on. I, I don't. I, I just think that it's not about that answer. There's something more going on here that we uh, that that's not being explained to us. And maybe not. I, I that could be wrong, but I, I I want somebody who understands Common Core to defend this. Yeah, that'd be nice. Someone who understands. Well, they're, they're not going to do any kind. Any they're not going to teach any kind of math that doesn't actually make sense and work out. I mean that right. that's their basic yeah. job in teaching mathematical literacy to kids. Well, like I said, so one it's like of the people weird... who people who are complaining are just I think are they're just like well, a little said, bit, uh, a little bit sore that oh they're not doing the things the way I remember doing them when I was a kid and oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, I'm completely lost with all this. But like I said one of the weirdest things I've heard is supposedly it's um you don't necessarily need to even get the right answer at times. However, common car works. If you get close enough, that's good. And it's like, that's definitely wrong. And my issue with what you just said is the word supposedly. Yeah, I, I, I just, this, is all I, this is what I've heard. This is not, I'm, I'm saying that right now. This is okay. what I've heard about it. I've not actually seen any evidence of it. But this is stuff that I've seen about the complaints against Common Core. When, um, uh, and other stuff like this complaining that, hey, these are the problems with Common Core. One of the things that did come up was the kids are not taught to get um, that they need a right answer every time. But the one thing I disagree with here, especially in this letter to Jack, the answer is solved under five seconds. Solving the question quickly is not the point. That's that, that, I mean, the, the, the whole thing is not solving it quickly. It's not about a time test. It's, it's showing a certain understanding. But it, it, the accuracy can um, – I, I, I could do that in under five seconds and be completely accurate. That's what you're saying. But that's not the but, point. That's some, not the point. I mean that, and that, I think that's the problem here is that that's why we need somebody from Common Core to explain uh, to us why this is because I know that the point is not a matter of getting to the answer quickly. 
right? I know that that's not the point. Otherwise, they wouldn't be, or we wouldn't be adding all these steps. But the, the, there's a reason that they're adding no. all these steps, and that's why I want somebody to talk about. I have a theory that uh, people who understand Common Core probably don't listen to this podcast. I could be <laughs> wrong about that very much. I, yeah. Now, maybe I'll have my <laughs> that's boys. That's um, likely to be very some, true. Yeah. Maybe I'll have my boys go through some of this when they get home. There you go. But, but All right. What do we got here? Oh, daydreaming. So this is just an opportunity for Ian to explain why he's actually lazy, but there's a scientific excuse for it. Is that what we're doing here? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are we covering? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Okay. Well, this is from Science Daily. I have a bad work ethic, but it's not my fault. I'm just too smart. All right. But the article is daydreaming is good. It means you're smart. And the source is the Georgia Institute of Technology. They apparently did a study, and their findings suggest that daydreaming during meetings isn't necessarily a bad thing. It might be a sign that you're really smart and creative. People with efficient brains may have too much brain capacity to stop their minds from wondering. What? I've decided that's my problem. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, I, I know it sounds, you know, people, I do daydream. I admit that. And I doodle, you know, especially if I'm in a really boring meeting, which I've been in plenty of. Um, having something to occupy myself is very beneficial. And I doodle is a very common thing. I, I got in trouble in class continuously by teachers that didn't like me doodling and stuff while they were going on. The funny thing is, I know for a fact I did better in the classes where I could doodle. I could just, you know, goof off a bit. And, no, they, they've, they, they've actually shown that, it's, that doodling it's the actually same thing helps is, you. It, it's the same thing as uh, what we were talking about last week about relaxing your brain gives you yeah. higher text, test scores. Right. That was and with so, porn specifically that we were relaxing the brain. Yeah. I know. We yeah. were talking yeah. about relaxing the brain by other methods, not doodling. So Diddling, to, not doodling. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it makes sense that there would be a certain level of, especially if what you're dealing with is something that is kind of slowing down your thought process, for you to kind of escape that. And go to a different area to keep your mind functioning enough. Because I, I, like I said, I know for a fact I've been in meetings where I've had to daydream or else I would have passed out and fallen asleep. <laughs> While this does sound kind of like saying, hey, look, I daydream, I must be smart, and kind of congratulating oneself, <laughs> I think there is some truth to it. I, I think the, the study would have a higher level of credibility had uh, the original idea for the study not come to somebody while they were in a in a boring meeting about something else. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, okay, so, I mean, it doesn't say much about the study, though, right? It just talks about the findings, uh, but it doesn't tell us how many people. It doesn't tell us if it was self-reported. Yeah, that, that it doesn't tell us. The it says something about MRI, but, you know. Well, but they're, they're, they're basically talking about the idea of an absent-minded professor who's brilliant, but off in their own world. So... There's there's a certain thing to this where they're using cultural models to back up the study rather than actually do, using science. Is that's the impression that that gives me. And since we're not seeing the science, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, yep. So I don't know. <laughs> it is interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it goes through the basics. They had more than a hundred people lay in the an MRI machine, and they were instructed to focus stationary fixation points for five minutes. Yeah. Beyond that, it's hard, you know, it would be nice if there was a little more information on exactly what they saw and how they figured it all out. But 
I could have read this it's article just... more easily, though, if I wasn't sexually assaulted by the woman in the picture. Yeah. Hello? <laughs> well, but they, on the other oh, hand... Oh, I they, that one. No, okay. I was just referring on back to her. Hand, I'm sorry. On the no, other hand, I, I uh, was... they could have written the article more clearly had they not gotten distracted. <laughs> no, I, I was scrolled down, so I saw a progressive ad off to oh. the flow from there. That's why I said flow? Flow. Then, no, oh, no, yeah, no. Her up top. No, no, I was, I was just talking about it. There, there's a there's a picture of a woman at the top, and so I was just you just find flow from I would, progressive I just, sexually assaulting. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to disparage flow at all. Okay, so <laughs> but she does sexually assault us every time she appears. <laughs> That's right. Every commercial. Damn it. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna move polyamory there was because a, uh, there was a there was a comedian who was talking about how in his personal lexicon of of sexy women madonna has moved beneath flow just simply because he got the impression that flow would be more accepting and more encouraging <laughs> all right uh ian we're moving um we're, yeah, we're gonna move polyamory because that's that's another yeah. one i think that we that we can that we can go into yeah, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have enough time <laughs> and in fact i think we, we need to move that up because i think that's going to be an interesting discussion we need to have to that All right. Well, say goodnight, everybody. Goodnight, everybody. Goodnight. Goodnight. I am daydreaming. That's another one of the guests. If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time. You're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share alike no derivatives 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash PKANOL. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Board. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.